From the tiniest unborn to the aged upon his deathbed, every person has an eternal soul and is precious to the Creator. But many cultures throughout history have devalued life by engaging in human sacrifice. Why? Our evolutionary-driven culture has, in fact, embraced the principle of child sacrifice. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Although it's not a pleasant subject to think about, the despicable practice of human sacrifice is an historic truth. But how could any person, much less whole people groups, be so depraved and deceived as to offer other human beings, and especially their own children, as death sacrifices? Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we discuss human sacrifice, both of the ancient world and today. ICR biology researcher John Rika says that, sadly, human sacrifice has been practiced in nations throughout the world. It can be found among folks from Italy, India, Greece, the Celts of Europe, the Teutons of Germany, the, the Knights and the precursors to modern-day Germany. South Sea Islanders and African tribes also practiced human sacrifice. This is a worldwide practice, and of course we also see this practiced even in Scripture. Uh, the Canaanites apparently sacrificed some of their children. We know that even the Israelites sacrificed their children to Molech. It's talked about in the Old Testament. And this was thought to be a detestable practice to God, and he hated them for doing this sort of thing. But perhaps the civilizations we mostly connect with human sacrifice are the three cultures that dominated much of Central and South America for well over a thousand years until the Yucatan was conquered in the 1500s by the Spaniards. Vision Forum President Doug Phillips. The Incas, the Aztecs, and the Mayas had the common denominator of worshipping the snake god. Uh, some of them called it Kukulkan or Quetzalcoatlus. And the snake god is, in fact, Satan. And so to this day, when you go to the Yucatan in Central America and you go to places like Chichen Itza, you can see the great temple to the snake god. And the priest would climb to the top of the steps of the temple and he would take children and men and women and he would cut out their hearts while they were alive, throwing their bodies down the stairs so that the snake god would be assuaged. In fact, their athletic activities and events ended with the shedding of blood and the taking out of the hearts of individuals that had played in the games. Why? Because it was a perversion of the biblical message. Actually, the Mayan civilization had their own backward version of the biblical account of creation and the flood, which tied directly into their need for human sacrifice. They have an Adam and Eve character. In fact, they have their own flood and their own boat that carried the survivors into the new world. But what distinguishes the legend of the Mayas from the truth of the biblical account found in the Bible of the Genesis creation and flood is the fact that they've got everything backwards. For the Mayans, the snake was victorious in the garden, and the snake was the creator, and the man and the woman worshipped the snake, and the snake brought them through the flood. And so Mayan civilization centered around sacrifices, blood sacrifices, to the snake god, Kukulkan. But why did these cultures believe so strongly in the necessity of satisfying an animal god with human life? Doug Phillips says it's because Satan is a counterfeiter and is in total opposition to God's word. Now, why is it that a common denominator in pagan religions and pagan nations is the shedding of the life of human beings? Well, what we see 
throughout the Bible is that Satan takes the truths that God has given and he twists it and he perverts it for his own satanic purposes. So, for example, the Bible speaks of the stars as being a sign. One of the three reasons given in the book of Genesis for stars is for signs. And we think of the star of Bethlehem. But it's also true that astrology has come from the use of stars to somehow interpret the future and is, in fact, a demonic perversion of the correct use of stars. Well, the same thing is true with the philosophy of blood, of life, and of sacrifice. In the Old Testament, we learn of the fact that God commands the shedding of the blood of animals, which foreshadowed the coming of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the infinite, perfect, and holy sacrifice who died for the sins of mankind. What perverse pagan culture has done is to take the idea of the shedding of blood and now point to humanity. And in fact, it's the exact opposite. Think about it this way. God told the Hebrews to sacrifice animals for the life of humans. Now the pagans sacrifice humans to go to animal gods. It's the exact opposite in the case of paganism as it is in the case of Christianity. John Rica agrees and says that human sacrifice is a manipulative tool in Satan's war against God. If I was Satan or tried to understand what his plan was to try and defeat God, the one area I would concentrate on is people. And the one thing I would try to do is destroy as many people as possible, both spiritually and physically. Human sacrifice accomplishes many of these ends. People who are sacrificed are obviously destroyed physically. The mental terror on the rest of the population who witnesses this and understands what's going on, how the controls are in their local and regional government, would be terrorized to their very core because of these types of practices. So I see human sacrifice as the ultimate terror weapon that Satan would use against other human beings to make them do things against the will of God. Some may wonder that if human sacrifices are satanic in nature and abhorred by God, why does our very salvation depend upon human sacrifice? The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. John Rica says that Christ's sacrifice cannot be compared to the vile human sacrifices of pagan cultures. He explains that no one took the life of Jesus, but that Christ laid it down willingly for our sakes. We see around the world in human sacrificial victims that these victims are sometimes bound, some buried halfway in the ground, other skulls crushed, very gruesome ways that these these people were killed, probably not of their own will. The difference then is that Christ gave himself willingly for us. He didn't have to. There was nothing on him that made him have to do that. He gave it willingly so that we could have eternal life. That's a different sort of a, a sacrifice. It isn't one of horror in the sense of the person is being told what to do beyond his will. It's a willing sacrifice Christ gave for us. And, as Dr. John Wickham of the Christian Workman Schools of Theology tells us, it's important to remember that Jesus Christ was not an ordinary man with a sin nature, but was in fact God in a fleshly body. He said, I and the Father are one. It's not God the Father offering someone else, you see, to be a sacrifice. He is offering himself in the person of his Son, who is God and man in one person, not just sinless, 
but absolutely divine. And I say, thank you, God, for your unspeakable gift, your gift of love. As we consider the horrific and utterly cruel practice of human sacrifice throughout history, we can be thankful that societies in the modern world are above this kind of barbarism. But are we really that much different from those ancient world citizens? Doug Phillips. It's a very sobering consideration to realize that the Mayans and the Aztecs and the Incas, all civilizations that sacrificed children and adults to the snake god, uh, were also made up of artisans, scientists, uh, leaders, fathers, and mothers. When we look at modern 21st century America, we realize that we live in communities in which the person down the street perhaps has just come back from the abortuary where they have sacrificed through a most grisly death their own child. And so while it's shocking and it's stunning, in fact, it's horrifying to consider the mass murders of these ancient civilizations, our evolutionary-driven culture has, in fact, embraced the principle of child sacrifice. Dr. Whitcomb says, just as children in the past were sacrificed to false gods, so are the unborn children today who are victims of the human sacrifice of abortion. Now, in the Old Testament, the law, the Psalms, the prophets, that is, all the major parts of the Old Testament, absolutely condemn the killing, the intentional killing of a human being. Parents actually sacrifice their children to their gods. And, of course, today, the gods we sacrifice our children to by abortions are the gods of comfort and convenience, you see. Whatever name you want to call that god, we sacrifice our babies that God gives us. Doug Phillips says it's important that society realizes what it's done by allowing the modern-day human sacrifice of innocent babies. I believe it was the child sacrifice and the worship of demons which ultimately led to the destruction of the Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayas. I think ultimately Hitler's horrific final solution of mass execution of Jews in Europe led to the satanic takeover and ultimate destruction of the Nazi regime. But before we become too condescending in our look at other civilizations, we need to take a good, hard look at ourselves. And we have blood on our hands. We have the blood of more than 30 million unborn babies. And those are just the ones that we've generally estimated. One out of every four people are not here today. They're not here because one out of every four has been sacrificed on the altar of abortion. Americans need to be on our knees. We need to reject the spirit of child sacrifice, the spirit of bloodletting, and whether it comes in the form of Mayan execution or modern abortionist execution, God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Although human sacrifice in any form is an abomination to God, there is a certain type of sacrifice that is well-pleasing to Him. Dr. Whitcomb tells us that although we could never repay Christ for his sacrifice for us, we can offer him ourselves as a living sacrifice. So we read, of course, in Hebrews 9.26, that Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice. That is God's perfect provision for sin. And as we therefore read these passages, we say, well, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do with my own life? And the answer comes across very strong, does it not, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, where actually you and I, friend, are commanded by God to do this very thing too. Listen carefully. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God expects us, dear friend, to offer ourselves willingly and constantly, because after all, He is the one who created us, and by the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, He redeemed us, and we're His property in both directions, by creation and redemption. And therefore, we owe Him everything we have and everything we are, as a willing, joyful commitment of ourselves to the God who created us, and who, in the person of His beloved Son, died for us on that cross. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.